0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Appreciate all the work, the team that has made it possible for us to be here tonight. I, this is not my text tonight, but I do feel like in the midst of governor mandates that we have biblical mandates that we cannot ignore I mean no we are mandated by scripture over the mandate of man isn't that right just because it's legal doesn't make it lawful to the Lord that's right or even though it might be demanded like you look in Daniel's day they made a mandate they were not allowed to pray but he prayed anyhow can you say amen Somebody shout, I'm going to pray anyhow. I'm going to praise anyhow. Hebrews 10, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 makes a great statement. Hebrews 10 and 25. I want you to turn there with me. I just, I just want to lead you by his word through these times of mandates. Here is a mandate that we cannot ignore. He said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. He said we shouldn't be having less church when we get closer to the coming of the Lord. We should be having more church as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. And I realize that we have to be wise. We have to be careful. But we are mandated by God. To come to his house and assemble ourselves together and exhort one another by praising him and ministering to one another. Amen. How about James 5 and 14? Let's look and see what it says. Just the next book. James 5 and 14. Let's read verse 13 first. Let's look and see what it says. It says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him what? Pray. Is any Mary? Let him sing psalms Verse 14, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We are mandated by God to anoint the elders, to anoint the sick in the name of the Lord. And verse 15 says, and the prayer of faith, somebody read it with me, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up, We're going to be careful We're going to uh, cleanse our hands in between But what we're not going to do Is let any mandates or any pandemic Stop us from being obedient to the word of God Let's get to another one Are you ready? Psalms 100 Psalms chapter 100 Look what it says Amen Has God been good to anybody here today? Amen We have mandates from God Psalms 100 says make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands that's a mandate is to make a joyful noise unto the Lord it gets a little noisy at church every now and then we need to have moments of quietness that we're listening but when the Bible says to make a joyful noise that's exactly what it means amen serve the Lord with what? gladness come before his presence with singing know you that the Lord he is God it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with Thanksgiving if you feel comfortable enter into his gates with Thanksgiving if you don't have a mask on enter to gates with Thanksgiving no it doesn't matter how you feel it doesn't matter how intimidated or troubled you are with a mask that you're wearing He said, when you come into the building, you're to enter his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. Somebody shout, he's good. And his mercy is everlasting. So it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I've come to praise him. Come on. If you feel like leaping for joy, you can leap for joy. If you feel like dancing before the Lord, you can dance before the Lord. But don't stop praising him in the midst of a pandemic. We're mandated by God to praise him. Come on, all over the building, clap your hands and shout. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout it again. Praise God, praise God Psalms, excuse me The book of Acts just remain standing As I preach to you today Praise God Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 Acts 1 and 8 This is my text for tonight Just one verse So good to have everybody here Glory to God It's going to be a powerful move of His Spirit tonight The Lord is going to pour His Spirit upon you this evening. He is going to touch every heart that's hungry for Him. Every individual in the building that needs a touch from God, He's going to do it this evening. You did not come here by accident, and God's not here by accident. He's here in divine purpose to do for you what no man can do for you. Aren't you glad God's able to fix every situation in our life? Elders, are going to have to help me in the altar because we're going to lay hands on people and God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost tonight. Do you believe that? If you do, clap your hands and praise Him again. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. I shall, say it with me, receive power. When? After that the Holy Ghost comes upon you everybody say after that the Holy Ghost comes upon me and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth he said when you get the Holy Ghost you're going to receive power somebody shout power dunamis power Miraculous power, supernatural power. One, 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 one of the meanings can mean power to do moral things, power to see supernatural things. Everybody shout beyond me. I'd like to preach to you for the next few moments on the power of the Holy Ghost. I want everybody to shout the power of the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands and praise him. Want you to lift your hands one more time. The Bible said lift your heart with your hands and say, God, I want to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. The power of the Holy Ghost. When you study Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, just to, few verses beyond my text. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, somebody shall all, with one accord in one place. What were they doing there in one accord? It meant they were all focused. They were all thinking on the same thing. I've grown up in this all my life. I'm 42 years old now. And, uh, um, uh, I was born on a Sunday morning and mom had me at church on Wednesday evening. That's how, that's just been my life. It's been going to the house of God. Growing up in church, we had church very often. Brother Lee and I were talking about this the other day. We had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night. On Wednesday night, we had Bible study or prayer meeting. On Friday, we had youth service. On Saturday night, every Saturday night at 7.30, we had church. And we'd start it back all over again on Sunday. Sometimes during the year we'd have revivals and revivals would come and revivals would last for six weeks at a time every single night of the week. And services are so powerful, Brother Nutter, that if my dad who worked in the coal mines, he said if you, if you had to work over, you would get so upset because you knew you had missed something at the house of God. Something had happened. I remember standing there as a little boy. I was just, I don't know, 4 or 5 years old when I have my first memory of the power of God. Everybody say, the power of God. I was standing in church in one of those worship services like we're having tonight, and I remember feeling the moving of His Spirit. I looked up at my mom, and she is, hands are lifted. You have to realize I'm, I'm looking from this vantage point. I'm looking up at her and her hands are lifted and tears are running down her face. And I I was so intrigued. I I had to ask her, Mom. I said, I put on her, I remember I put on her blouse just like this. I put on her blouse. I said, Mom, why are you crying? And I'll never forget it. She said, I feel the presence of God. Oh, it moved me. When she's told me what she was feeling Brother Nuttery calls me to want what she was feeling Now in those days it's a little different from now Even though when I first came to Zanesville It was somewhat this way When the altar call was given that, That's the period of time we come down And we ask God to give us what the preacher told we could have Can you say amen? whether it's mercy, grace, forgiveness, the power of God healings and miracles, whatever it is we would come down and pray this is called the altar area of the church and that's where God meets his people is at the altar in in those days, my brother it's so good to see you all the way from Toledo would you give him a hand, we're so glad they're here tonight praise God in those days the women went to this side of the church and the men would go to this side of the church any of y'all remember that? all the ladies would pray on the left side all the men would be on this side and if you were young enough you had to go pray with your mom even if you were a boy that's where I'd go I had to go pray with my mom yeah and then you know back in those days you acted up in church you got a spanking she'd take you out and mom would take me all the way to the I said mom please don't take me in the women's restroom and spank me I just that's worse than getting a spanking It's going to the ladies restroom and you spanking me when I acted up I remember she would go to that side of the church and pray and I remember going and praying with her and I stood against the wall and I began to pray and I remember feeling something and wanting what my mom felt and what she told me that she felt. I'll never forget one Sunday that the preacher was preaching and I was so moved by what he was saying. As a child, I began to desire not just to believe in God but to feel the presence of God. Can you say amen? Some people believe in God as if he's something that used to be when we believe that not only that he was, but he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I many believe he, he is which was and which is to come? Somebody shout the almighty. I'll just go ahead and tell you tonight that what he did 2,000 years ago is still in power today. That what he did on the day of Pentecost, he can do in Zanesville, Ohio, 1365 Chamberlain Street. He's not limited. Amen. He can do it for us as well. Praise God. I'll never forget those moments. And I went to the altar and I repented. I was so consumed in his presence. I was five years old. I was so consumed, I was weeping, I was crying, I was trembling. I remember my cousin Andrew, he was four years old. He's one year to the day, younger than I am. And and I'll never forget, uh, uh, my parents were there praying with me and David Hill was there, a man in the church. He was there praying, I have a picture of that. He was praying and I remember when I got up from the altar Everybody was gone out of the building. The lights were dimmed. I somehow, at five years old, had got so lost in the presence of God that I had forgot about everybody around me. That's what's called being in one accord. What would happen if we would come to the house of God and not worry who's there or who's not there, but we would want one thing. I want to be in his presence. Psalm 1611 says, In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Somebody shout, In the presence of God. I look and I see small children here tonight. And uh, I, I believe that God can move up on children as I'm preaching. You're not too young. The Lord's going to touch your lives. Sister Mary, you brought them tonight, and the Lord is going <laughs> to minister to them. Praise the Lord. I mean, oh, he's relevant to every age. I was preaching one revival. And, man, the Spirit of the Lord started moving, and people started getting excited. And our revival happened among the 80-year-olds. They started going to nursing homes and inviting people and they started coming and receiving the Holy Ghost. And I'll never forget though, I was a young man, probably 16 years old. I was in, in West Milton, Ohio, near Dayton, Ohio. I was there at a youth camp, and, or family camp actually. And I was there and I was praying. And uh, I, I walked up and I, I love to pray for people. And uh, because the Bible says, he told Timothy, he said, he said, neglect not the gift, everybody say the gift, that was given thee by the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Amen. What is that gift? Somebody shout the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive what? Power. Isn't it interesting on the day of Pentecost that the move of the Holy Ghost was compared to the wind? And let's let's just look at it. Uh, Acts 2, verse 2. Uh, I, I, let me just pick up where we were. Verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly, verse 2, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty, somebody shout, mighty, mighty. mighty. wind. Isn't it amazing how, how the Bible uh, uh, exaggerates the terms? Say, it's what it's really saying, say Sister Wendy, is that there's nothing bigger than him. There's nothing greater than him. There's no power bigger than the power of God. And not just a mighty wind, but a rushing, mighty what? Wind. When the It was compared to the wind in verse 3. Look what it says. And it says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Before it's over with, he said as compared to what Joel said, it's like the rain that's poured out upon them. Three most powerful forces on the planet. It's the wind, it's the fire, and it's water. It's earth changing. How many know that? Everybody say the wind, the fire, and water. On the day of Pentecost, the most powerful forces on the planet, he compares to the outpouring of his spirit. I'm just going to dive into this. There's nothing in your life that's too bad that he can't burn out, blow out, and wash away with one touch of his spirit. Amen. Amen. There's something that happens. It doesn't matter how many curses you've had, how many demonic oppressions that's come against you, attacks of the devil. When he, oh, let me preach to you. When you talk about the Holy Spirit, be seated. When the Bible says the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God, everybody say the Spirit of God, the word Spirit actually means the breath of God. Everybody just breathe. Like, I don't want to breathe anymore in this mask. Amen. The breath. Everybody say the breath of God. When you're talking about the breath of God, it is the movement from within him out of him to where you are. Listen. So Genesis chapter 1 says, in the beginning, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit, somebody shout the spirit of God did what? Moved upon the face of the waters. Let's stop here, there is a law when you are studying theology, studying the word, there is a law called the law of initial precedence. What that means is where the subject is first mentioned It carries a precedence of its principle or its meaning through the rest of scripture. So when you're trying to study, as we are tonight, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, all the same. Can you say amen? Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Interchangeable terms for the Spirit of God, the breath of God. And when you find that what happened when God's Spirit was present, what did God's Spirit do? Everybody say, it moves. You see, the spirit of God is the action of God. It's the movement of God. It is the power of God. Anytime that God moves, something's gonna change. Anytime he moves, something is gonna happen. I've come to preach to you today because what we need among us is a moving of his spirit because when his spirit starts moving, he starts burning out the chaff, he starts blowing out the the oppression and he starts removing from your life everything that shouldn't be there and he starts putting everything in your life that should be there. Can I tell you, that's why when the spirit, oh, I feel like preaching. When the spirit of God starts moving, victory starts happening. I'm glad to tell you I am a believer, but I have been a now a born again believer. He has transformed my life. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't even talk the way I used to talk. I don't even act the way I used to act. You say, how did it happen? I'll tell you how. His spirit moved upon me. And as he created the heavens, he created in me a clean heart. He renewed in me a right spirit. Can I preach to somebody? He will make all things anew. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Praise God. The movement of God. So the spirit of God is the verb of God. It's the action of God. That's why the book of Acts is so powerful, so strategically placed You've got the gospel of Matthew, the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Luke, and the gospel of John. You have those gospels that they tell the life, the, the birth, the life, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he tells them, go to Jerusalem. Let's look at it. Luke 24, 47. i got to get back to this family camp here in a minute. I'm going to pray for some. I'm getting ready to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost in that camp meeting. You've got to hear the story. But I need to build the foundation of what I'm preaching. So right now, this verse that is been written, right here, was written about the time Jesus had already been crucified. He's been buried, resurrected. He walked on the earth for 40 days. Did you know that? 40 days after he came out of the grave, Jesus walked upon the earth. The Bible says, showing himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. I'm just going to tell you a little secret about God. He will prove to you that he's God. He will prove to you. He said in Malachi 3 about tithing, he said, just try me. He said, and prove me. I will prove to you that I will pour a blessing on you that you can't contain. I'm going to tell you right now, he's still proving who he is. Do you believe that? Come on, in the last few years, I've seen seven blinded eyes open this close seven blinded eyes open. I've seen heart valves healed, kidney disease healed, liver disease healed. One man right there died in this church and was resurrected from the dead right there. The medical team found no pulse on him, but God, the saints started praying and he resurrected. I'm telling you that God is not confined to a time. He is confined to my faith. And when he starts moving, it brings power. Power from on high. Somebody say amen. So Jesus is standing in the Mount of Olives. He's getting ready to ascend into the heavens. And when he does, there's 500 present there man you know what Zanesville needs they need a the moving of the Holy Ghost amen and I feel it right now that feels like fire <laughs> can anybody feel I just think you ought to take a praise break for a moment and thank him for what you feel I feel like praising him on a Saturday night he's here come on I think you ought to praise him all over the building and say I feel him in this room I feel his presence among us anything is possible anything is possible Hey man, I was preaching a funeral one time. You can be seated. I didn't even know the people. I didn't know the people, but when I was preaching, Sister Jody, spirit of the Lord came upon me, and I pointed in the direction, and I just pointed out to the audience. I said, "God is even now able to heal your heart." I was preaching at a funeral, you know, it's supposed to be calm, demeanored, you know, at a funeral, low key, and whatever. But something coming hold of me, honey. We were talking the other day. I don't know where we were talking about. We were talking about Jeremiah. And you brought up, we were, I can't remember who we're discussing with, but you brought up the point that that Jeremiah had been preaching the gospel or been preaching as a prophet. And people weren't listening to him. He got very, very discouraged. And he said, you know what? I will no longer make mention of the name of the Lord any longer. And when he sat down, he said, but it was like Fire. Shut up in my bones. I can't just say here, sit here and not mention him. I'm gonna tell I'm preaching to somebody. There's no quit in me when you get the Holy Ghost power. There's no breaking me. There's no stopping me because I've got something down on the inside that's greater than I am. He said you've overcome them little children for greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I've got more power in me than all the devils combined. I've got more power in me than any opposition against me. Can I preach on a Saturday? He has power in you to overcome. Somebody say amen. I can't help but get enthused because it's like fire. Somebody shout it's like fire. Clap your hands and praise him. Amen. Glory to God. I feel like praising him for a moment. Clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. 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 When I said that, you can be seated. When I said that at that funeral, Sister Teresa, I meant he could heal the broken heart. But the person listening to me preach thought I meant he can heal your physical heart condition. And instantly, they later told me, Instantly, she felt within herself that God had healed her heart because she believed what I was preaching. She heard it for her. I told God could heal your heart she believed God could heal her heart because she felt something on me that was greater than a country boy from the hills of West Virginia she felt that the presence of God we call that the anointing and another term is the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has sent me to preach the gospel Jesus said and to heal the blinded eye and to heal the broken heart I come to preach to you she was healed instantly of a heart condition who knows what could happen tonight if we could just get the power of the Holy Ghost in the building if we could just get the Spirit of God in the house Amen Watch what it says So he's standing there on the Mount of Olives Let's get back to the Mount of Olives Jesus has been been crucified Nail scarred hands Pierced in the side Crown of thorns uh, Had been up on his head But he's alive Somebody shout he's alive He's standing at the Mount of Olives And he looks at 500 believers He looks at 500 believers And he says this And that repentance And remission of sins Should be preached in his name Among What? all nations this is bigger than jerusalem he was trying to tell them the fire that is about to begin is bigger than the jewish faith it's bigger than one ethnicity It's bigger than one family member. It's bigger than one individual. Come on, when the power of God starts moving, it always starts spreading. (laughs) I feel like preaching is going to get inside of you, but it's not just going to stay there dormant. No, it's going to come out of you with power to impact people that have never known God before. And this is what he said. He said it's going to begin at... Jerusalem, watch what he says. Verse 40, and ye are witnesses of these things. Read on, and behold, I sinned. Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued. This is Jesus speaking. You wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He said you stay there until you get the power. Simon Peter, you've walked with Jesus, but you've never been endued with the power. John the Revelator, you've walked with Jesus, but you've never been endued with the power. Some of you have been around the presence of God, but you've never been baptized in the presence of God, and there's a difference in knowing who he is and then getting him down on the inside. Can I tell you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It'll transform you. Do you believe that? I've watched people over the years I, I'd be seated I was preaching in Boonville, Mississippi Boonville, Mississippi I was preaching a, a revival there and somebody walked up to me and they said the biggest man you've ever seen in your life is going to be at church tonight now, I, I don't know if it intimidated me or, or not but it certainly got my attention you know when somebody as big as this man they're telling me about you know you want to preach real nice amen he walks in there and I'll never forget he came in the back door he had to duck to come in he did, he had to watch his head come in. His shoulders were that big, he was a logger. He looked like a logger. He looked like he could carry the tree all by himself. And I remember just being a young evangelist. Honey, you would have been there with me. And he came in and I remember thinking to myself, he's the toughest man I've ever seen in my life. He's a bad, bad to the bone tough. And I remember he came in there and we started singing the songs. And I got up and I preached what God gave me and I started feeling that presence. Started feeling the power of the anointing. When I did, I looked and I gave the altar call. Here came that big giant of a man. I'm not talking about overweight. I'm talking about massive. He had the V-shaped, wide shoulders. I watched that man, that seven-foot man or maybe even bigger, walk down to the altar and he was a weeping crying, because it doesn't matter how tough you are. His power is greater than you. Come on, I don't care what you're going through. He's got more power than all the power against you. He's got great power. I believe God can heal you right now if you just lift your hands. I believe he could because he's here. I feel the presence of God. Somebody shout the power of God say it unwavering I say it tonight unapologetically I'm not ashamed to be in the power of God because it doesn't matter how great the sickness, the power of God is greater than the sickness it doesn't matter the stage of the cancer you get in his presence he can remove every cancer cell from your body it doesn't matter what who has given up on you when he moves among. Somebody shout, he's greater. I'm not ashamed of it when it moves up on me every now and then I just clap my hands and shout hallelujah sometimes I stand there I stand there amazed in the presence of God when we're singing it doesn't just happen here in church when we are assembling ourselves together but sometimes when I'm alone as the Bible calls the prayer closet or alone with him and he come and visits me and I can feel his presence his shekinah glory the Bible talks about I feel the overwhelming peace and knowing everything's going to be alright that he's washed my past away he knows Knows where I'm at, and he's already made a plan for my future. I can't help but weep in his presence because I know he's not just a God, he's not some figment of my imagination. But I know that he's there because I can feel him, I can feel him in my soul, I can feel him in my heart. Hey Amen. I was at this camp, be seated. I feel so stirred tonight. We've got to have a move of his spirit, that's all we've got to have. Brother Brown, It was on this side of the church. I was walking through that camp meeting. y'all feel this? Come on, I want you to just reach out and grab a hold of him. Come on, the Lord is here. I want you to reach out and grab a hold and say, Lord, I want to feel you. Oh God, I want your power in my life. I want your spirit in my heart, oh God. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let me just preach what I feel here for a moment. Everybody say, the power of the Holy Ghost you see when the Holy Ghost starts moving the Holy Ghost starts allowing you to do what you cannot do on your own and I have the Bible, go go study it just don't take my word for it, go study it Go, go home tonight and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13 and chapter 14 but in chapter 12, it starts talking about the gifts of the Spirit. That means endowments of God that come from the power of God. I've been in meetings to where the Spirit of the Lord started moving. It's amazing when the Spirit of the Lord starts moving among this people. That's why you got to come in and shove all your emotions aside and all your problems aside. you got to come in and say, I'm just going to get a hold of God and let God do what nobody else can do. I'm going to come in thanking Him no matter how bad my day is. And I'm going to let God do in my life what I need Him to do in my life. That's, we've got to learn to get into one accord. If it's not our favorite song, we don't care. I'm going I'm to sing it to him. I'm going to let them lead me into his presence. Hey, man, I've been in meetings. I'll never forget uh, a preacher in the pulpit. I was just a boy, but I watched a preacher in the pulpit. He stopped, and he stopped. And he said, hold on a minute. He said, Brother Mills, which was uh, our superintendent. He was a leader in the organization of West Virginia. He said, Brother Mills, He said, the Lord has revealed to me that you have pain right there on your left side. Is that correct? If I remember right, he was like scheduled to have surgery on something that was wrong in his body. He said, lift your hands. The Lord is going to heal you right now. And God, he prayed for him. The Lord touched him. How did he know that? The power of God. The power of the Holy Ghost. I've been in meetings before. Come to find out that there was, was, uh, uh, oh, let let me take my time here. But I'm starting to rush. I don't want to rush through this. Everybody say the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen the Holy Ghost start moving in the service and God begin to speak to people individually about where they are in their life. I've seen the power of God move. And the Bible says that when when the, um, how does it say? Holy men of old, the scripture says, spake. Everybody say holy men of old spake. As they were moved by the Holy Ghost how do you think you've got the Bible some intellectual men graduated from some 20 years of theological seminary and out of their smartness God finally said you know they're smart enough I'm going to let them write my word no it didn't happen that way what happened was somebody was alone with God and God by his power impressed upon them to write the word that we have It's amazing, that book right there was written because holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says all scripture is given by God and is profitable for instruction. Amen. This, man, I don't know why I'm saying this, but that's not just another book. And whatever that book says, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to live. It's, 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 it's the product of God. It's, the power. it's not the word of man. It's the word of God. So whatever political decision they make, if I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote according to his word and not according to culture because I must stand on his word. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It's all sinking sand. But Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Somebody shout the word of God. The Bible says let God be true. and never man a liar. And so what happened is the book, it's amazing. It was written on three different continents. I mean, it was written on um, uh, in in three different languages. It was written over a 1,500 year period. It was written in, in uh, uh, 40 different authors from peasants to kings. And yet, it's one book. Tell me if that's an accident. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Do you believe that? Where did the word come from? The word came from the power of God. It shouldn't sit on your desk and collect dust. It should be read daily. It should be loved more than anything because you can't separate God's spirit from his word. Because any, my, 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 because when the spirit of the Lord started moving on the face of the waters, it was always followed by let there be. God said, do you believe when God moves, he's about to create? And what I feel here tonight, I feel the moving of his spirit, but it will always be followed by God's creative power. I say it. The, the moving of God's spirit will be followed by God's word which is creative power. Let me give you an next. I need, I need to teach here for a minute. I don't want you to miss tonight. When Jesus was being baptized in, in Matthew 3 when he came up out of the water the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord did what? Descended. Everybody say descended. Everybody say it moved. So isn't it amazing when you study the spirit of God you have to study the movement of God or the action of God the breath of God so when the spirit of the Lord descended upon him what? like a the the Holy Ghost is not a dove the Holy Ghost is not a bird the Holy Ghost is the spirit of God we understand the invisible things of the world by the things which are made or clearly seen that's why we say our father because we have a natural father we understand the spirit of God is not man the Bible says that God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth everybody say God is a spirit That makes him invisible. We understand him by things that are made. Doves do not land on dirty things. So he descended upon him like a dove. And when he descended, Brother Nehemiah, the Bible says, and a voice spoke out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. See, anytime God starts moving, voices start speaking. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so on the day of Pentecost, if we go, when you're talking about the power of God, so I think I've explained tonight who the Holy Ghost is. It's God's spirit. And we understand what happens when he moves is, is his spirit is a movement. Everybody say it's a movement which will be followed by what? A voice speaking. So look, um, look at Acts 2. Now let's go back to the cloven tongues like as a fire in and, and verse 2 and 3. That's chapter 2 verse 3. Let's look at it. What happened on the day of Pentecost when they were endued with power? This is, He said, go to Jerusalem and wait. They went to Jerusalem. They've waited. They are standing there. Uh, matter of fact, they're sitting there on the day of Pentecost. They've been praying all night long and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There appeared like cloven tongues like as a fire set up on each of them. And what does it say? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say filled they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to what? Speak. It's no accident. It matches parallel to the scripture. It matches the law of initial precedence. When the spirit of the Lord moves his word speaks. Can you say amen? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance or the ability to speak. Who would have ever thought that you would be able to speak in a language that you weren't taught to speak? How do we do that? Jesus taught us. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everybody say that with me. Let's teach here tonight. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when the Bible tells us that the Spirit of Christ comes in us, which is the Holy Ghost, He's Christ in you. The hope of the Lord. John 14 says he is with you, but shall be in you. Who is that? The comforter. Verse 26 of John 14, which is the Holy Ghost. I've never seen anybody get the Holy Ghost saying, you know, it wasn't all that. Not one time have I've ever seen my feel the power of God. My grandmother didn't understand it. She had, she had prayed God would do things for her. She had a great faith. She was in a different denomination than, than, than as an apostolics or Pentecostal. And she had heard about those tongue talkers or people that would pray and they would speak in another language. She thought it was crazy. And her one of her sons would even make fun of the, the people that would go down the church there, those ignorant people, you know. Because, because when you've heard never 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 experienced it, it's easy to mock it because you've never experienced it. And uh, she started seeing her, her son that was suicidal, was an alcoholic, had been delivered. And he's praying every day and he'd fast for days because he wanted to please God. And she came in one day and he, he said, what are you doing, mom? She said, I'm going to church with you. She said, all my years of going to church, I've never wanted to live for God the way you do. I'm going to go see what you have. So she came to church, the church that she was mocking and didn't understand. she When she got there, she came in and the power of God was so powerful People jumping up on their feet and clapping their hands and shouting hallelujah and it's a little bit intimidating. She said she knew her preacher was, my mom said she knew her preacher was excited if he tapped his toe. She'd never seen anything like that in the Apostite Church. Preacher shouting hallelujah, somebody run the aisle, somebody saying glory some of them shaking in the holy ghost it was it was it was scary to them but they my mother said at 16 when she came she said but i could not get away from the fact i felt something there that i never felt before i felt the presence of god hallelujah amen it's like one lady said she said i thought i had the holy ghost until i got it i thought i had it until I got it. He said in Acts 2, how many is going to let God's word be the standard? Not man's way, but God's way. Amen. This used to be mocked and scorned and scoffed at, but now people in every denomination are now praying in other tongues. You know why? Because they're getting the understanding and seeing biblical, not just religious routines, but they're starting to see this promise is unto you, the Bible says, and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many know the Holy Ghost is for you? <laughs> Lake, and I'll never forget when you received the Holy Ghost, you were standing right there. You're standing right there. Your your cousin was standing right beside you. She was nine years old. You were four years old and you looked up to her the same way I did my mother. You started weeping. You started weeping and started praying. And I looked and you opened your heart. So you have, the Lord is a gentleman. He's not going to force his way in. Revelation 3 says he knocked on the door. said, if you open the door, I'll come in and sup with you. I'll I'll spend time with you. And guess what? She opened the door at four years old. When the Holy Ghost fell on you, Lakin, you did just like this. (laughs) Your knees buckled in four-year-old little kid. You needed the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, you needed saved. Glory to God. She needed it. She was a rascal. But God filled her with the Holy Ghost, and it was so powerful. It reminds me, I was at that camp. I got to get to this camp in West Milton. I was at this camp and I went over and I saw the power of God was moving. I went up, there was a young lady just praying very timid like this. And I said, what would you like God to do for you? She said, I want the Holy Ghost. I said, well, let's repent. Ask God to forgive you. I remember she never even opened her eyes. She just, I I whispered down to her, I said, just repent of your sins. Oh, Jesus, she's a nine-year-old girl. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Because when everybody say that tonight, I'm sorry for my sins she said, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins I want the Holy Ghost I looked at her and I said, do you believe God can give you the Holy Ghost do you believe he's forgiven you, she said, yes I said, I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost because the Bible says they laid hands on them in Acts 19 the Bible says in Acts 19 they, laid, they baptized them and laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, everybody say the Holy Ghost is a movement something's going to happen you're not going to get the Holy Ghost and not know it you know, if you stick your finger in a light socket, you're going to know it. You're going to know it. <laughs> Hope they didn't have that on video. That would be embarrassing. Shocking. You're going to know it when you touch power. And I said, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. I laid hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy. Ghost. she instantly, tears started flowing. She started speaking in a heavenly language just like that. It was powerful. She's a nine-year-old. And I was up there just praying, feeling God like I am right now. <laughs> Oh, it feels so real, doesn't it? And they, a little bit later, come in the front row, and they, they, they brought her little brother. He was three years old. He's about that tall. He had white blonde hair, white blonde hair. And uh, they brought him up to me, and, and uh, they said, uh, he said he wants the Holy Ghost like his big sister. I said, well, come here. Let's. I said, you want the Holy Ghost? And he said, just real shy, three years old. And I said, all right, kid. Cool, well, come here. We're going to pray that you're going to get the Holy Ghost. I said, uh, I said, sit up on my knee for a minute. I said, you have to ask God, Jesus, to forgive your sins. You say, I'm sorry, Jesus. He looked at me right now. He said, I saw we, Jesus, just like that. And I said, then you say, then you begin to tell the Lord you love him. He said, I love you, Jesus. I said, all right, now you tell the Lord that. And he closed his eyes. He's three years old. He had his hands as far as he could. and He was holding, he was holding my thumbs like that. His hands were wrapped around my thumbs. And I said, go ahead and tell the Lord. He said, when he got out of his mouth, he said, I saw we, Jesus. And when he did, here came the power of God. I saw a little boy start trembling like this as he connected to heaven. He said, I love you, Jesus. He shuffled his feet like that. Now, every parent and grandparent in the room knows this as a miracle. He stood in one place for 45 minutes as a three-year-old. That was a miracle in itself. But Brother Jackson, he could feel Parker, he could feel the power of God. And I watched as God poured his spirit up on that boy because you're not too young to feel the power of God. You're not too old to feel the power of God. Do you believe God can fill you up? Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands and praise him for his excellent greatness. Glory! Amen, 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 amen. The Bible says when they started speaking in tongues, they started speaking of the wonderful works of God. His name was LaFrance. Brother LaFrance was a member, an attendee of our church. He was in his older age. It's Pam Esquerdo's father. He had been, uh, he was bipolar. He was schizophrenic, and he was dealing with dementia in his old age. He was, talked to him, but he wasn't there. I don't know if any of you remember Brother LaFrance, but you would talk to him. He, he, he was here, but he really, there was just a disconnect emotionally, mentally, and uh, um, to connect with him, and socially, you couldn't connect. And uh, he, he hadn't lived for God in his life, but I'll never get the power of God came into this room as we began to worship him. Brother LaFrance was standing right here. I was praying with him and I watched him when he came to the altar and I was praying. It was just like this, just cold, no response. All of a sudden, you felt the power of God come upon him. When it did, it's like he woke up. Just like that. And And he said, I need to be forgiven. I want to be right with God I watched him repent right there Repented of his sins And while he was there he lifted his hands And he started speaking in other tongues In another language as God gave him the ability To speak Baptize him in Jesus name Not long after that he went to be with the Lord But I'm going to tell you when the power of God Comes anything is Possible do you believe that I don't remember her name She was from Louisiana she was a Bible Quizzer she was in Louisiana, and she was she was in a prayer group with uh, her Bible quiz friends at, at an off night prayer meeting. And she had with her one of her friends that were a foreign exchange student from the Middle East. She was she was Muslim, and she was standing in the group as they began to pray. And, and uh, in Louisiana, and and while she was praying, the power of God came, and she started praying in another language. The girl, the girl from Louisiana, she started speaking in tongues and praying. Tears flowing and worshiping God. When she was done praying, that foreign exchange student looked at her, sort of mesmerized, puzzled. The Bible uses the word marveled. Looked at her, marveled. She said, how did you do that? Oh, what do you mean? No, she said, you're you're praying. And she said, oh, that's what we call the Holy Ghost. That was God's presence. She said, no, 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 no. You were praying in the language from the country I'm from. And she said, Well, what did I say? Any tongue talkers know what I'm talking about? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that when you pray in the Spirit, your your understanding is unfruitful. If we know what we're saying. You know what I said? sometimes we'll do? Well, stop that. But when you're speaking in tongues, the Bible says in chapter 14, I believe it's verse 3, it says when a person speaks in an unknown tongue, he speaks not to men but to God. But God used this girl in the gift of tongues and she spoke to this Muslim girl and this is what she was saying. She said, well, what did I say? She said, you were saying Jesus is the only God. Jesus is the only God. God was using her to speak Can I tell you, the Lord, I believe what Thomas said when he said, you're my Lord and you're my God. How many believe that? Today, the movement of God is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Lift your hands, and I want you to pray right now. God, I want you to move among us. I'm asking you to help us right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of it. We need it. Oh, Lord, on the day of Pentecost, they were drunk in your presence they spoke in languages that spoke to people from every nation under heaven oh God and Acts 2 I want it I want to be filled with it come on right now where you are I want you to open up don't think about anybody else and I want you to start saying God I'm sorry for my sins come on even the children I want you to lift your hands even the young children lift your hands to the Lord that's it go ahead the young children all over the room I want you to lift your hand and say Jesus I'm sorry for my sins God, I'm asking you to forgive me, God. I want you to change me. I want you to change who I am. Lord, I need you in my life. Come on, everybody in the building, start worshiping him. I want you to say, I love you, Jesus. (laughs) I love you, Jesus. I thank you for what I feel. I need a change of mind, heart. God, I need you in my life. I thank you for what I feel I feel your presence I feel your power I feel your spirit is upon me come on right now in the Holy Ghost I want you to lift your hands and begin to pray in the spirit all over this room everybody in this this room I want you to begin to pray as the Lord leads you to pray holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost There's power coming. There's healing coming. There's peace. There's joy coming from His Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, the presence of God is here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.